hello and welcome to episode number 410 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and in this week's show, an A321 has a ding and carries on flying. Ryanair flight leaves without its passengers and one passenger decides to use an alternative exit while on a flight in the US. And this week, we haven't got any military, but there is a reason for that. So joining me this week, as always, across in the PTUK Master Suite Studios, it is, of course, the legend of tech. It is Matt Smith. <laughs> I won't go that far. Legend of tech? What does that mean? <laughs> well, you have just taken over quite a big role at the radio station. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, moving on. Next next, next question. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you, mate. Yeah, it's been a busy old week, uh, as you well know. Um, I think we've all had busy weeks this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been good weather-wise, actually. We've been very lucky. It's been very nice, yeah. It's 20, mm. uh, 21 degrees outside at the moment, actually. 21 degrees Celsius. Yeah, it's quite warm here. It's been a lovely sunny day. We mm. had a bit of rain actually yesterday, which is quite a, a refreshing, I think is the word you're looking for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Which is quite nice. So this week we are missing Armando. Unfortunately, Armando can't be with us this week because he is busy flying a, a very, very nice um, aircraft with a plush leather interior, etc., etc. But uh, he'll be back. Also, I'm just being passed a glass of wine. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> my goodness uh, me what did your last slave I die know, of <laughs> i know it's terrible honestly doing podcasting is such a terrible life is it uh, right but, uh, armando hopefully will be back with us next week so we have no military this week unfortunately that is the reason why nev is but, devastated if you could only but, see his face honestly he'd be absolutely mortified but <laughs> joining us joining us back this week he's back from his trips he's been on about a thousand different ba flights over the last two weeks <laughs> it is of course the absolute fantastic legend that is mr neville bounds yes i am back from flight level 370 and other because uh, please don't make it sound like a threat that's <laughs> just like well, i'm back, yes, I am back. <laughs> but uh, no been a very busy couple of weeks so sorry i've not been around uh first week was because i was in dundee and edinburgh which was very nice and then last week i was in rome with mrs nev uh, for a couple of days of R&R. And I mean, we just do. got the weather right as well. It's about 24, 25 degrees uh, for the whole time we were there. And just as we were leaving, the air, the weather de- deteriorated. So we oh. could not have timed it better. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure to see uh, Jenny Parkinson, our good friend. And we had a nice lunch with her as well in Rome. So that was brilliant. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's good um, to have you back, Nev. Thank you, thank you. Uh, but of course, it's always a story, isn't there? When I'm flying, something always. <laughs> have, you, have you got? A, have you got a rant, Nev? Have you got a rant that you need no. to get off your chest? I have to mention it. I'm afraid. Do. On the way back, uh, we boarded the aircraft in Rome, Fumicino, to come back, and all locked up and everything. And the captain comes over the PA, does normal announcement i said i'm really sorry but because things are getting a bit busier now we've got a slot delay and we'll probably be on the ground for we can't really start engines for another hour but as long as we're ready to go then uh, euro control often give us you know uh, preferential treatment so it might be 45 minutes might be 40 minutes not sure but you know sit back relax you can use your phones and everything else but we've closed the aircraft up and ready to go everybody's absolutely fine with that except Mr. So and So in 12D. Uh oh. I, I like how you. A... I like how you've remembered the seat number. That that well, says its own story. Yes, I didn't even know 12D <laughs> existed, frankly. But anyway, um, so he comes up to the front of the uh, um, 
cabin and starts remonstrating with the in-flight lead, as BA call them these days, um, and says, well, because of the coronavirus, I don't think we should be in uh, stuck in the aircraft on our own. You know, it's very dangerous, blah, blah, blah. And um, two things I would say about that. Firstly, the in-flight lead was absolutely superb by the way he dealt with this and said, well, you know, we need to be ready to go because it will get short notice, just a couple of minutes, and we can't have people milling about inside the terminal. We need to have everybody strapped in and all the flight deck crew there and all the cabin crew there ready to go. And he was going on and on and on about this. Um, and he was just on the point of being objectionable, I, I would say. Um, but honestly, the, the, the cabin crew dealt with it so well. But also, what is the difference between sitting down in an aircraft and doing 600 miles an hour through the air. No difference whatsoever because the APU is running and there's plenty of air conditioning. And because we're in Italy, we still have to wear masks as well on the aircraft. So it makes no difference whatsoever. But I just wanted to uh, say to the uh, Craig, who was the in-flight lead on that flight, what a fantastic job you did, sir. And thank you very much indeed for representing the airline in such a superb way that you did. And uh, yeah, there's always one, isn't there? There's always somebody that has to uh, absolutely uh, be... be, be uh, unfortunate but um there we go that's how it was and sure enough 40 minutes later we started engines and off we went so you know it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be but uh, no it was just uh, the rather objectionable tone that this gentleman had but anyway we're uh, we're all okay and we're we're back home and my blood pressure is now uh, returned <laughs> to normal so. very good well i'm glad you got that off your chest yes. Nev. i'm glad you got that off your chest more to come i expect in the future Nev. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So we've got uh, some guests, very special guests on the show this evening. We're going to say a quick hello to the chat room this evening before we introduce our amazing guests for tonight. And let's have a look and see who's joined us this evening. We've got uh, Richard Adams. It was very early in the chat room this evening, as always. Uh, Lee Davies, hello to you as well. Uh, we've got, uh, we're scroll down here, GB's Model Zone, hello to you. Uh, Mazus Karim, hello to you, Mazus. Hope you're well. Jenny in Rome who Nev went and saw last week. Hello to you, Jenny. Uh, we've got Lee Davies is in there. Dave Abbey. Hello to you, Dave Abbey. Good to see you in there this week. Uh, Masha's also in there. Hello to you, Masha. I hope things are nice and sunny across where you are. Uh, Lane Street is also in the chat room. Good to see Lane in there this week, always bringing in the comedy into the chat room. Uh, John Clarder is also in the chat room. Our producer, John, is in the chat room, which oh, uh, might me. get interesting. Oh. He should be at work. <laughs> it's, it's, he's supposed to be, uh, honestly, he can't help himself, can he? He's just, but it's because he wasn't here last week either. I think oh, he's, no. you know, he, uh, he doesn't like us being left, you know, out, uh, you know, out wild, you know, uh, <laughs> on and, our own, uh, Unsu- unsupervised. <laughs> Hello to Dirk S as well, who's also in the chat room this week as well. And hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room uh, this week. Don't forget, if you're listening to the show as an audio podcast, uh, take yourselves over to our YouTube page, uh, search for us on their YouTube, uh, Plain Talking UK, and hit the subscribe button and the bell icon to be notified when we are live and recording new episodes like we are now and join in with the chat room fun. So, as I said, we have got two very special guests on the show for this evening's show. And uh, if you cast your minds back um, to a few weeks back when uh, a certain or a certain piece of aircraft suddenly appeared in my office here at home, and uh, it was a few 
months ago that I noticed uh, a certain website and a certain Instagram page that caught my eye. And well, is this the one that keeps nearly getting you divorced? It's safe, to say, it's safe to say that if I continue on, continue looking at this website, that may very well happen, and Matt Smith will be living here permanently. Uh, but uh, yeah, we have got uh, two very special guests on the show, as I said, and it uh, gives me a great pleasure to welcome onto the show from Doors to Manual. There's the uh, social media. Give them a search on there. Uh, Annie and Drew, hello to you guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. And uh, as I say, thanks for uh, bringing such pleasure to uh, to me over the last few weeks. Honestly, it was the best <laughs> one of the best things I've ever received from a from a courier. I, I mean, um, you say that what he forgets is I'm the one that gets the text messages from his wife complaining about what the show has yet again made him purchase. Uh, so, so, you know, it's a bit of a double edged sword for me, if I'm brutally honest. <laughs> we normally cause two things it's either divorce or or, or marriage type of thing where, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our, our 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 website has has built on stories already so yeah nice I, I just i just wonder what he's going to come up with next you know there's obviously bits and pieces going on the next thing it'll be an apu or an rb211 yeah, or something absolutely will, will uh, show up so I, yeah there's there's no limit to this gentleman no no and i'm on this for parts <laughs> I'm absolutely convinced, by the way, he's slowly trying to build himself uh, a TriStar LTL 11, if I'm honest with you. you know, he's going to start slowly buying parts piece by piece uh, to, so he ends up with one. Where he's going to put it, goodness only knows. But <laughs> No, I, I have to say, guys, when I saw that you were, you were going to be working with the dismantling of the, the TriStars, it, it kind of definitely lit up with me anyway being a being a massive fan of the tristar and have been since i was very young it was it was a hundred percent something that i was going to do whether it led to divorce or not would be to buy a, a piece of the l1011 so hats off to you guys for choosing such a great aircraft to uh to you know to part bits off with us uh a good yeah, it, it, it can go again that's something else can go both ways because we unfortunately we would love to save the whole aircraft and create museums up and down the country um but and i, and I know there's there's um a lot of these planes people are, are are very sad to see cut up but i guess we're uh, doing our bit which what we can to save what we can from them so so I suppose we uh, we should start with you both then and kind of sort of a bit about your backgrounds, I suppose, really, and where, you know, aviation backgrounds or your background leading up to kind of the um, where you are now. But uh, we'll start with you, Annie. Where's, where, where did uh, things start with you in regards to... Uh... Uh... <laughs> My obsession with aviation, you mean? <laughs> Not quite. Um, so I started working in aviation in 2005. I started working for Aer Lingus in Dublin Airport. And I worked with them for 12 years um, up until 2017. Um, I had met Drew about a year previous to leaving Aer Lingus uh, through the company that we both work for now. And um we, we we more or less connected on, you know, we end up working together and uh, we still do to this day. And then Doors to Manual kind of came to life during lockdown when we were uh, sort of, you know, sitting at home in the evenings and wondering what we could do. But um, we had quite similar paths. I think Drew did more flying. I was ground staff. Um, so we did a lot of, a lot of passenger handling um, in Dublin Airport. And then I moved into sort of an admin rostering role. And then I ended up in project management for about two years before I left. So I've kind of had all aspects of um, anything from, you know, on the ground under the aircraft to um, to being up on in the upside and, and work on project stuff. So 
So you've gone sort of, sort of moved from uh, being within an airline to doing what you do now with little doors to manual, I suppose. It's- yeah. I mean, we, we both work for an avionics company, Drew and I. So we, we do still work with, with airports and airlines. Um, yeah. And then doors to manual is our, is our evening and weekend uh, <laughs> that keeps us busy. So um, I will say that, that Drew probably keeps me busier than the actual company itself. So <laughs> <laughs> um, he's the one that's always out and about hustling and I'm the one that's trying to keep a check on him and make sure we're not spending too much. So <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so Drew, same, same for you. Where, where was uh, the beginnings for you? Yeah, so I guess I, I'm I'm probably a little bit more of a, a an av geek than, than than Anya. I would only say a little bit. I'm a few years younger though than Anya, but she won't, she won't like me saying. <laughs> um, Ouch, my feelings. <laughs> Mortified um, is the word. Yeah. So my plan was to be a pilot actually, um, and I, I had a, a a business whenever I was uh, I was younger doing a state agency, and I, I sort of got to a point with that saying, if I don't come out of this now, I'm I'm stuck there for life. So. Mm. I went. I went and flew as, as cabin crew with uh, Thompson Airways for six months just to double check it was all all co- all right for me. Um, so I thought, yeah, definitely want to fly. So moved over to, to EasyJet, flew as cabin manager um, for about a year and a half in preparation to hopefully go into their pilot's apprenticeship scheme, um, and then got pulled into ground management. So I was one of the operations manager for Gatwick. So it was, we had about fifty aircraft based there for EasyJet. Um, so I was there for three and a half years and then I took the position as airport manager in Manchester and Liverpool for EasyJet for a year. I did a very quick stint for Jet2 briefly while I was waiting on the position a minute at the minute. So yeah, as Anya says, it's, a, it's Navy on a company. Um, they do everything from spaceships to uh, <laughs> American military and defence to airport technology. So Anya and I work in self-service airport stuff so bag job biometrics all, all of that set of things um so that yeah as honest as that keeps us busy during the day and then i am um, so so the i guess that with covid hitting and the 747s being scrapped um i guess that whole thing around lockdown had everybody sort of watching what was going on um i'm, I'm sure this is stuff that you guys have talked about and um with with that Plane, plane reclaimers, um, who are the, the 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 big scrappers down in Cardiff, they had done a, a bit of a program um, back, I think probably three years ago now, which is still available on YouTube. Mm. And I recommend everybody watches them, and and that sort of I think got everybody sort of twitching with it, where you could start to buy bits of planes. So um, I bought a couple of British Airways 747 windows, one which is blurred behind me here, um, and <laughs> then I, then I. Plane Reclaimers put up a story with a, a, a big girl on it from the uh, one of the Virgin 747s, and uh, it it got me twitchy. Um, Carlos, I don't know if you want to, if you can put the photograph up at some point, but um, so I, I oh, yeah, thought this one, this has to be for me. Um, so I purchased um, the Ladybird from the left hand side of GVAST which is the last Virgin 747 to be scrapped, which is in my living room, which, which I hope you will, will allow you to I remember watch. getting that call, Drew. I was like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> Actually, Matt, you've got uh, you've got the picture somewhere. You, okay, what am I looking for? So, somebody, because I'm not, I, I, this will be a big, big shock to you all, but I'm not very good at this. Um, uh, are, we, are we talking about the Virgin? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, okay. Right. I think I think we're talking about there this one, go. I think, are we? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> My goodness me. Now, that is quite the statement, isn't it? <laughs> so I have, uh, were you married at the time? 
No, no. Right. Okay, that tells its own story. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't cohabiting either. I, I know I am cohabiting. So, right. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's clearly not done it's, uh, as as bad as I thought it was to. But uh, the hope is that she won't still eventually move out the door. But <laughs> we'll see. Um, so yeah, she's she's three point five meters wide by one point eight meters tall. And people keep asking how I got her in through the door, but thankfully you can see in the photograph actually you can. Uh, Oh, essentially, essentially by the big gap in the wall that by you the had. Big gap. Yeah, <laughs> and and the patio doors were added so that you could get that in. Is that, that is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the reason. <laughs> so she's she's actually sitting on like two stools at the minute. So we're toying with whether we uh, attach her to the wall, but she's she's that heavy that we're afraid will it actually pull the wall down? Pull the house down. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, but anyway, so so we did that and. Um, then Thomas Cook had gone bust the the Thomas Cook Air bus three thirties. There was three of them sat at Manchester Airport for a while, um, and they had just been scrapped. Um, and I wanted a bit of one of those, so I, I'd saw it on on um on eBay, I think, and I'd, I'd contacted one of the companies who was selling bits from it, and and I just sort of had a brainwave with with Anya going, we are missing something here, you know. And there's there's as I say, plane claimers and 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 some of the other companies out there who who do a little bit of of what we do, but uh, as as we as we launch, we launch basically within a week. The name Doors to Manual comes from, I guess, my cabin crew days of of, of Doors to Manual and Crosscheck, um, and I, I think it's worked really well from a brand perspective for us. But um, yeah, within a week we were up and running, um, and we work we've worked closely with a few shopping um, companies in the UK. But what we wanted to, I guess, create is um, a one stop shop of not just being able to buy from aircraft that were scrapped in one location be that cardiff or kemble or the states or asia or whatever so and and after that so as, as i start to bring aircraft parts in from all over the world we then were people came to us and were offering us so i guess potentially sadly with covid there there was obviously um some older generation um with, with the deaths and stuff we had a few people coming to us and we've spent covid or night maybe sadly their parents had passed away with it or or or, or just people were having a, a house clear out and we were actually offered sets of memorabilia yeah the memorabilia, the memorabilia the, popular didn't it yeah the memorabilia side side really took off because we were able to help i guess help help people whose parents were maybe into aviation for years that an addict full of it and they didn't want to just go to the tech or you know to sell it to somebody that's gonna you know it's, it's not going to be put to use and loved and cared for so this way we sort of provided this facilitation yeah of course for us to make money but also for us making sure that the memorabilia and, and you know your dan air atlas boxes or your you know your your old caledonian badges and uniform items actually are going to homes that are going to really love them um and then we do a bit of upcycling as well. So um, upcycling is not our main thing. I actually see Mike from Jetstream TV. I think is in the chat room. Um, so so Mike helps us with our uh, with a lot of our upcycling and making bag tags and making um, bits and pieces out of planes. We, we we turn anything from a PSU light into a little desk lantern. Um, so so the, the key rings are obviously one of the the the, the most popular things. So yeah, we, we we we're hoping that we sort of ticked all of those boxes that there's 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 a treasure trove in there to to cause chaos for everybody out there who has a few quid to spend and that we we try you know so you can you can you can go out there and spend thousands of pounds on upcycled tables out of wheels and all of that stuff we've we've tried to create a, a shop that's affordable for everybody and, and and diverse as well so 
hopefully we're, we're, we're providing that certainly from what you've said Carlos we are so. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> where your money speaks Quite, I'm, I'm, absolutely. Can I, I'm not going to lie I have been looking at the uh, the, the boxes today as well <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, Dirk's got a great question actually uh, which Nevers just popped up for us he's saying uh, how do they even get all this stuff in the first place do you just ask around hey do you have a plane we can chop up <laughs> um, so yeah a, a bit of everything so the likes of um, ASI is a Kimball so, so we work directly off them and we, we have a continuous supply um, of, of parts from certain aircraft um, there's other scrappers who again will say to us like we're scrapping an aircraft so STS Aviation for example who scrapped the last almost Cook 330 in UK they don't do a lot of scrapping but they'll let us know when one is coming up and then we'll go and sometimes we can go and actually cut bits off the aircraft ourselves other bits so uh, we talk, we've, we've just started military or well about eight, um, six months ago and we started getting pieces of military stuff so for example there's um, I guess fanatics or people who have, who have bought pieces of military aircraft from years and years ago um, and, and have them sitting somewhere in storage we'll go check the authenticity of it and then purchase it from from private sellers as well so a bit of everything incredible now another great uh, from from your friend in fact from Jetstream uh, TV is asking the question uh, loving what you guys do great enthusiasm and drive behind everything they do there you go well, I would, uh, a, good, a good part of what we do is is sitting on behind that message. So we really appreciate everything that Mike does for us as well. Yeah, definitely. We drive, we drive him mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, honestly, it's, it's some of the stuff you've got on the website. There's some real sort of memorable pieces of of, of av- military aviation history. I think, especially with the stuff that, that you've obviously just recently done at Bruntonthorpe with the TriStars and the VC10. Because you know, though a lot of people were um, were gutted when they didn't uh, get those tri-stars back in the air again, because there, there was were they going to fly again? Were they not going to yeah. fly again? Da, 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 and they went backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. But it's good, especially for me, uh, but a lot of people, I suppose, is that you know who were fans of the um, the, the, the tanker transports that they can actually have a, a piece of that in their yeah. in their home now with the grey yeah. paint still on. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's so easy to, to say, you know, oh, you know, we should keep that aircraft and park it there and maintain it. The cost to maintain an aircraft and yeah. just oh, keep yeah. it looking healthy is just unreal. And it's, it's, it, and, and in terms of the land for it and parking, it's something we'll come on to of, 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 a, of a little bit of a thing to, to, to tell you about, but it's, you know, it, it, it's astronomical to move an aircraft if you don't fly it as well. Um, and unfortunately the reality is that if, if, if if you can't, then you know it's going to be cut up, and this is as close as the thing as we can get to taking the whole plane. So, and the amount of people actually as well that, um, so we squares was the first thing we did. So between squares and key rings, ten by ten squares are, are really popular, and we had obviously offcuts because the, you know when you cut a section of the aircraft, it's very rough. So I, all of it to me is important, and I want to try and save and give away or. They offer the opportunity to purchase as much of that as possible. And weirdly shaped cuts of the plane are actually our most popular. <laughs> ten by roughly really? ten by three, just yeah. cut really randomly. And, and we have some of our. Uh, I'll, I'll um, mention specifically Andrew Webb is, is one of our best customers out there. So I'll give him a shout out because he, <laughs> he's, he's, he's so good with us. And and Andrew loves the cuts of many aircraft. Doesn't want wants them all irregular and 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 all shaped. And 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 that's another thing. So like we we, we try and get random parts of our craft so like the composite from the tail looks amazing when you cut it 
um, and you know bits of engine intakes and all of that because it's you know so, some some parts of the aircraft are amazing, some dangerous parts too. You know we've uh, so the, the the TriStar we had the um, the Ram air turbine, um, so it was it, the aircraft was half scrapped. So I was walking around to picking bits up of what I what I wanted <laughs> and stuff, and the, the turbine was out. So I made the scrapper go and get the uh, angle grinder and take it off the aircraft, but it was ripping in um, hydraulic fluid, which is so dangerous for you. You know, so it's, it's you're taking your life in your hands at times. So dramatic, true. So dramatic. Oh, do you actually you actually got you got actually got the chance to um to go uh, get up and close and personal with the TriStars when you when they were being cut up then? Yeah, I got on board one of them and on two four one as well. But yeah, it's we we were in the scrap pad taking things out of the scrap pile. Drew gets to do a lot of the fun stuff that I don't because I'm based in Ireland. But <laughs> I have I have made my way to 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 some spots in Ireland to to view aircrafts that we've gotten parts of. But uh, Drew gets to enjoy most of the fun on that side. <laughs> So who, who does who does the kind of the the research then when it when it comes to the aircraft that you're you know you're going to feature on the site or have parts of on your site do, do you kind of look around the country as a specific site such as Kemble or, or somewhere where you find oh there's an aircraft here it's going to be <clears throat> dismantled or cut up we'll we'll have, take something from that or who who kind of does the research yeah it's uh, we also work with um another company jet blast aviation who do a lot for us um and a good friend of ours Chris Goodwin. so he helps a lot with the research as well um and um mike as well so uh, it is it's uh, some some of it you can plan ahead because you know there's for sites like kimball and stuff where there's they know there's aircraft coming in we don't get to find out much before that it takes a while from the aircraft makes its final landing until it's cut so in that stages that's whenever you're really doing your planning with it um a lot it, it, it's mad actually the amount of old aircraft so like i have you know we've got bits of fuckers that haven't flown for years as well at that bits that people maybe have old engineers who might have taken off an unserviceable part and have it stored in their loft somewhere and then suddenly it appears on uh, eBay or something like that, you know, and, and we grab the opportunity because we can do so much with it. Um, and the other sometimes thing is, it can be as well that we're seeing, you know, some of those movement groups or whatever on Facebook, Drew, where you know, say, oh, there's whatever aircraft taking its last flight into Knock or whatever. Like, you know, we get on to wherever we can. To be fair to Drew, he's always reaching out to people and he's always uh, on the move looking for new things. Yeah, and uh, the other thing, we work with the spares company, so this was something yeah. I knew nothing really about. So um, there's there's two quite big spares companies in, in the UK. So they go and they work with the engineering companies who service the aircraft. They will take back the parts that are unserviceable and then uh, either they work to, to get them serviced again or if they're not that. So I'm like, there's one of them in particular, he has stores and stores of like you guys on the, on listening to this would just see it as an absolute treasure show. So we're going, we're going in just like an absolute heaven trying to pick our way through what would be like old. So, so, so we bought um, like interphones that were removed from some of the old BA, BOAC first seven four seven two hundreds and they're still in the spare store wow because they've been removed as unserviceable thanks one of the questions i was going to ask actually in fact dirk s has just asked and you've kind of alluded to it already how do you decide which parts will do or do you just take everything you can get i would love to take everything we can get (laughs) we're we're, i've just brought on an operations manager full-time he's a really good friend of mine and and she's going mental at me because of the 
how we've packed the storage facility so high and we just can't move on it. So we're looking at how we do that. It's it, it's a it's a very good question because for us it's really been trial and error. Thankfully, we've you know we don't have to hold stock for very long. Um, but it's really knowing like like the stuff that people buy. <laughs> you know, like like uh, there's some stuff I feel embarrassed to put on the website. Less so now because I've you know we we sell so much of it. But like you know oxygen masks or you know just like an old um so a seat cushion that we've made into a phone cover so a virgin atlantic 747 seat cushion made into a phone cover now obviously we get the abuse on social media from people going oh my goodness can you imagine the amount of people have sat and yeah. whatever, whatever on that <laughs> um obviously they're washed but other people love it you know yeah. Well, actually, on on that on that very theme, uh, Lee Davis asks if I need a new uh, loo, uh, how much would a plain toilet cost? <laughs> a plain toilet. The, the bowl itself is surprisingly cheap, and I, I did have one, um, and we sold it. I think it was about one hundred and twenty quid. But yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I think we've had more toilet doors and actual toilet bowls. To be fair, Drew. <laughs> But I mean, the, the other thing that's amazing is is seeing what people do in their own houses to, to turn rooms into cabins, and, and like it's and, and and we feel great to be a part of that, you know. And yeah. and we work with a lot of colleges as well. So the colleges who do the cabin crew training um, in preparation for, for, for um, the kids who want to go on to be crew and stuff. So we we provide a lot to them of emergency equipment and, and window panels and, and all of that stuff to. So that they can make make their own sims. I have with one customer, and he literally has turned his spare bedroom into a cabin. What does his parents think? But but yeah, it's, no, that, no, that, no, 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 no. You, you need to stop immediately there. Please, 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 do not give Carlos any more ideas <laughs> on what he needs to do. Please, his his marriage is literally hanging in there by a thread. <laughs> yeah, so, and you know it's 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 nice to be a part of that, and I guess yeah. see the story. So. You know, uh, we have so many customers that we connect with and are on a journey with of what they're trying to create. So it's, it's you know, it's not like going into um, Sainsbury's and, and buying a pint of milk, you know, and it's a transaction and the transaction's done. You know, we're, we're helping people create dreams and, yeah. and, and that. So, so that, and that's the bit that because we're both aviation background, yeah, of course, it's about making money for us. But there's so much more about the love and enthusiasm that we have for it. As well. So, I mean, a slight, slightly sort of off the wall question here. I mean, when, so when you when you do find an aircraft that you can sort of take, you know, charge of if you like to then um, do with what you will either to make keychains or you know whatever whatever the the plan is. I mean, do you literally get the whole aircraft? So, do you get things like the controllers and stuff, or I have certain elements of it already been stripped by the time you get to? It? I mean, I guess obviously the engines have have gone by the time yeah. you get anywhere near it. So we we don't take the whole aircraft. Um, so the the scrap, so basically the airline or the, the lesser will will generally sell the aircraft to the scrapper. Right. Um, once everything's been removed, they'll so and they'll contact the scrapper. So for example, seven four sevens to remove like components because the seven fours are still flying. A lot of the flight deck equipment is is removed. Um, but so so there's the, the the aircraft what remains is, is generally sold to whoever scraps we do not do the scrapping so right. we, for example we did not scrap the tri-stars and the vc-10s it's another company we then go to the scrapper and walk around and say we want all of this sometimes we can go in and you know we can have permissions to cut the aircraft that's very seldom though mm-hmm. so we'll say right give us you know that section of the tail and, and, and i might even get to the point so the um 
the <laughs> thanks for your comment, Dar. Um, the night that they the the thing about the Thomas Cook tale in in Newquay was we were we were so late. So th- this is the thing as well. We are the bottom of the pecking order. So uh, the aircraft is about turning it into metal, crunched up, and getting the money for the scrap metal. Doing cuts out of the aircraft is not on the priority list for the scrapper. So we are literally, if there's time, because we get requests from, from people going, I'm going to send you a picture of the aircraft. We're going to draw the section that's 30 by 30 <laughs> centimeters. Can you go and cut me that exact section? Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, and we have to take what we can get. Yeah. As I said, for the Thomas Cook 330 in the UK, we actually had to end up going to the digger driver who was contracted by the scrapper. The scrapper is, I guess, the one that goes in, removes all the components, does all of the the dangerous bits. They don't always do the chop-chop. Um, so for that, we had to go to just the, the, the scrap metal cutter and go to the scrap metal yard in um, um, down in, in the Midlands to, to just literally take what we could out of a pile. Oh, Interesting. It's wow. one extreme to the other, huh? Yeah. I was thinking uh, Anya as well. Um, what about uh, the possibilities in Ireland for this kind of thing around sort of Shannon and, and places like that? What, what's the possibilities for uh, doing this uh, in in your part of the country? Yeah, so I, I guess it is something that Drew and I have, have discussed because um, we do have some contacts in Ireland that we have worked with and we have gotten some stock from um, down in Knock. Um I guess the bit that we run into is because because the business was initially started in the UK and has such a massive um, UK customer base, what happens is I take the stock and then we end up, it costs a fortune for me to send it from Ireland because of customs and everything now. Mm. So um, it is something that we definitely have looked into and, you know, potentially it is something that we could do in the future. And it is something that I've told my other half that there could potentially be, you know, part of the shed taken over by random bits of fuselage so uh, he is prepared <laughs> i think doors but, to manual.ie is is a definite possibility <laughs> yeah definitely yeah i mean you know it, it, we're, we're, drew and i are always looking to expand and we're always looking at new ideas of of you know where we can move about and and the fact that we have built that relationship in ireland as well um you know it puts us in a better position to maybe look at the future and, and how much more we could maybe do on this side like you know one big thing that we run into, and this is, um, so, so there's there's an Aer Lingus aircraft has gone into not crap now, and there's two Virgins three uh, thirties. Quite often, um, if if the lesser maintains ownership of of the airframe, um, and they contract scrapper to scrap it, there is a possibility that the lesser is there is to be nothing sold from the aircraft, and the whole thing must be scrapped. So you probably see, for example, um, Jet Two paints over there. Um, their, their livery in grey before it's scrapped. So um, that's that happens a lot. Um, where and it's not necessarily the airline. Sometimes it can be the airline, um, but sometimes the lesser will say well, you can't sell any colour because it's linked back to the original airline customer. Or yeah, we can't yeah, do yeah, the, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or you can't sell any of it at all. So thing mm. like it, it, it's not just because an aircraft being scrapped doesn't mean that we can go and get parts from it. Unfortunately, but. As much as I did try and get parts of the Erlingus to stick up in my new house, but it didn't work out. <laughs> she had part of the tail in her hand on FaceTime to me showing part of the shamrock. And obviously for Anya and me, Erlingus is is a bit more special, but um, she couldn't get it smuggled out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. It. I know when I when I when I looked originally on your site and I, I saw that you obviously you were um, uh, scrapping part or selling parts from uh, ZD nine five one. 
which is the window I've got behind me here on the wall. Um, that the reason I picked nine five one was because that had that was the one that had the thirty years logo on the engine number two on the on the tail, and obviously had the um, the uh, squadron logo painted on the tail. You know the the, the uh, flying um, eagle with the you know the bomb drop thing on. But um, one of the things I looked at, I, I thought I said to myself, I wonder where they're going to cut that entire logo out of the um, you know the thirty years and see if I you know out of the engine yeah the cowling on on the so he's, he's he's told me he's keeping some for me so Ooh. watch the space oh dear uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> ian, uh, ian cunningham in the chat room says my girlfriend is a complete av geek and i'm worried she will want to turn our new home into the inside of an aircraft oh, thanks for that ian uh, <laughs> yeah. Dirk says what's there to worry uh, well quite says, uh, resistance is futile right <laughs> Bear in mind, Ian Cunningham is the guy who sent me a picture this morning of how we can set up the toilet occupied or not in our downstairs bathroom. So. Okay. Oh, I like that. Right. Now, he's now equally as bad as me. He's just a, he's a closet one. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I so love obviously that. we've got we've got you two guys on the show, but how so how many other team members are there? Because obviously you've got this huge website with with hundreds and hundreds of parts that you, that you sell on there. I mean, obviously you you have help to kind of do the packing and wrapping and nope. all the rest of it. Until two weeks ago, there was me and Anya. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we have um, Kaz, who is our operations manager now. So she had she was on part-time, um, doing about 20 hours a week, but that was not packing, that was managing eBay. Because um, eBay is a big selling platform for us as well. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's myself does all the packaging. Anya, unfortunately, as she said, has to do all of the... Uh, the um, the boring accounting side of it and all of Anya does all the social media as well um but yeah so so Kaz is on full-time now thank goodness because it was it was about to kill me <laughs> so uh, <laughs> and, and looking looking after that we'll we'll see how it goes we have um quite a big plan up our sleeve which we'll maybe talk a little bit about in a second <gasps> actually yeah I was actually going to say um um well actually we'll talk about the actual section you've got because you know that that part of the uh the 747 that you know there are rumors that you want to um to to, to auction or sell that piece off um so uh, th- there's a reason why i was going to do that um and that that part i can't disclose but it was to buy something else because that it's not owned by the business it's, it's owned by me i was given the opportunity to buy the other side of the same aircraft is and and for the the way that my wall is shaped she just would fit slightly better um so uh, i'm i'm just testing the water it's it's, so it's actually a really boring reason it's just to swap it for the other side okay (laughs) um but yeah we'll see i'll i'll definitely be keeping one girl whether it's her or the other side i'm not sure um ben reclaimers were trying to sell me the other side to take both of them but i i definitely think i'd be on the straight So, on, looking at all the parts that you, because there is a lot of parts, but kind of sort of scaling down a little bit and looking at a, a certain few parts, what has been the absolute biggest seller on your um, on your site? Do you, sort of, do you know? Um, the tags on you can probably. I mean, there's the. I would say the tags is probably the most popular. Mm-hmm. Um, to, like, I mean, we've and the cuts as well. So, like, the, the cuts are really popular, but we were never going to do tags. The, the plan was never to do tags because there's quite a lot of tag companies out there. Yeah. But I think then because we got access to so much skin from aircraft that the tag companies haven't got. So 
if we don't do tags from it, nobody will. Yeah. And we're not trying to be a competition to one of those big tag companies because it's not actually our ethos providing tags like so we don't do the same shape of tags all the time we have tags that have composite attached to them they have weird screws and rivets on the back because we we want to provide us something that still gives that authenticity about it um so yeah the tags are probably one of the main ones and also mike's products um so so mike makes these amazing little light up acrylic uh, tail fins yeah, uh, which would be good if you can whenever you're doing your pictures and stuff that you can put one of those up so they're in um we have some airlines listed, but effectively, Mike is uh, and his, his better half is is are such whiz kids and, and and design gurus that we can basically do any airline tail that you want. So if if you do want to order one, just purchase any of the ones that you see on the website and just add in the notes which airline you'd want. Instead. Actually, I'll uh, I'll put this on for the benefit of uh, the viewers. Uh, this is what uh, we're talking about here. I think this is one of Ned's oh, wow. pieces here on the website. I love the that. Uh, ac- acrylic light up tail fin there. I think that, that would be definitely one for Nev there. Michael, send the invoice for the plug after the call. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite interesting as well, isn't it? Um, I've just been, as we've been talking, I've been looking through the site and the, the, the stuff that's on there is just <clears throat> unbelievable. But you also find, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I, I'm talking myself into purchasing something. Uh-oh. And I was looking <laughs> at it. I'm going, oh, that's a bit expensive. And I look at it and go, well, actually, it's not too bad. And there's this sort of conversation that is just going on in my head the whole time. And I'm sure Carlos does the same. When you look at something, you go, oh, that's a bit bit dear. Oh, no, no, uh, no. But, the price but, is all right as far as he's concerned. But, he's got to get it past his wife. sort of five minutes, you've <laughs> talked yourself around. Well, actually, you know, I think it is quite good value. Really. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some stuff that have a, sort of have a market value to yeah. them. And, and there's stuff that you can make comparisons on. Other stuff, you know, it is what people are prepared to pay for them to an extent. Um, unfortunately, with running a business, you know, you have uh, we have massive um, overheads to cover, and but you know, because because we um, because we buy off a lot of private sellers, but obviously we're VAT registered because of the size of company we are. Mm. We have to absorb the twenty percent VAT before we even start. So there's there's just loads of stuff. So, so to try and remain, I'm going to use the word competitive. It's, we don't really have a competition as such, but you know, we want to try and remain affordable. Um, to as many people as possible. Well, we There's want to be able to remain in business so that we can yeah. see, keep providing, you know, different items to people that they want to see. So yeah, but but you know, there's there's I guess when you're when you're going to cut an aircraft up, yeah, it's just a section of the skin which you can say, well, it's only worth the value of the scrap metal. What we're having to go in and pay for is somebody to go and cut it, and it's it's so it's the labour attached to most of it is what's driving uh, drives a lot of the cost. But I'd I'd like to say that we, we try and remain as as affordable as we can um, on, on as much as we can. Yeah, I think on that on that note, actually, Drew, one of the things I was going to say is that there are there are some companies that, that do a similar thing like with the tags. But one of the things that I will say on, in, in your defense as such, being in the UK where you are, is that I've ordered um, um, stuff before from other companies. And when they're based not in the UK, you do have to pay um like an import tax as such when yeah. you get that delivered you know you pay your initial however much it is say 50 pounds for a part but when you get it here to the uk you then got to pay another x amount of money for them and with you guys obviously that's not an issue because yeah. you're in the uk so it's yeah yeah and we so we're a we're a, a reseller for aircraft tag which is a a new company in austria but their, their tags are excellent so the 
the, the one that we launched with with them was the um, GEUNA, which was the British Airways A318, which operated the BA1, which is the flight number that was taken over from Concord. So that did really well. And their, their, their tags are, are really hot, really hot. They did really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that we struggle with that because of the amount that we export. So I would say 40% of our, our customers are not in the UK. Um, and certainly from a Europe perspective, it's difficult because of Brexit and, and our customers there have to pay import fees and stuff as well. But again, uh, we're in the fortunate place that if somebody wants a piece of Thomas Cook aircraft, they can't go to Germany and go to our competitor and buy it. If they want it badly enough, we're the only people that are selling it. You know, So we have that sort of ability that it's uh, an av geek. If they want to spend the money, then, <laughs> then they have to spend it with us if they want that part. Not for everything, but yeah. It's like even those 707 tags, Drew, right? The, the thickness of them, people were like blown away by them because they were so different you know yeah, yeah. so I, I think that that's always what we're trying to get back to is that we're not trying to be the same as anybody else or the one size fits all it's that we have we have such a vast collection on there that we're we're always trying to even when it comes down to our tags do something that little bit different you with, know with you two being sort of av geeks now is there a uh, an aircraft out there that you haven't had the chance to to get pit part our parts off yet that you would love to get parts off that aircraft is there any particular aircraft um so we concord we have had a small piece off um but we we think we know the registration of it but we couldn't use it because we couldn't validate that and um, we know it's concord because of, of shape of it wasn't a pocket with a specific piece of skin which we were able to do about 10 tags from so we would obviously love to do concord we have concord coming but it is not flown skin it was skin that was due to be made into concord and then obviously wasn't oh wow um, so so yeah and I, it, it's called Hin, hindinium um so Gosh. we're gonna i think we're, we're gonna do some tags from that um and, and we, we just want to explore the military side a bit more spitfire was one and i managed to get a tiny piece of spitfire and do four tags from it um but again we getting spitfire where there's no fatalities and all of that stuff is is, is extremely difficult um so um it's more again for, from from type of aircraft from a commercial perspective you know the older aircraft are better so we we loved as Ani's just mentioned the 707 so that was d a b o d and c which were um on display in in, in germany for for a number of years so so they got cut up this year and um, we managed to get some of those so the older the better i guess you know but that's more difficult to get if an aircraft is still around that was flying 50 years ago is because it's in a museum and it's getting a piece in it or hard but like we got a, a bmi baby 737 which um was at the end of the runway at all the airports has left me but it, it was cut in two um, and one guy is making the front half of it into bmb and, and and the back half of it's in storage somewhere but the doors were taken out of the middle of it so obviously that's uh, a, an aircraft that just happened not to be scrapped which we're, we're going to do tags from and there's a lot of people waiting for it um just the 380s and, are coming down the line as well right yeah so that, that would obviously be an exciting piece to get mm. yeah um we want to get a few more airlines from america and stuff as well again we have there's some airlines we can't use the airline name and there's some airlines we can't even use the registration so you can only advertise it as the msn um, oh, which makes it a little bit more difficult, and especially then if you if you can't have color, you can't have airline, you can't have registration. It 
unless people are, are looking specifically for that MSN, you can't say here's a American Airlines plane, you know, so. There's some great, um, great comments in the chat room. Lane Street is saying, uh, can you ship me a 747 cockpit for his flight? <laughs> <laughs> sure. And, well, funny you may mention that. <laughs> So maybe that maybe that's the uh, that's your cue, that. Drew. That's your cue. Okay. Um, so we are looking at acquiring um, as much of a seven four seven as we can. Oh my goodness! Um, so I can't tell you where yeah, it is, what it is, what airline, what registration, um, but we are in um, furthering discussions about it. Um, oh and what to do with it because we want to we want to step change the business so that well number one so that Anya and I can. Um, leave our main jobs um <laughs> but uh yeah so we want to do something around some form of aviation experience i think the uk is 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 lacking that one-stop shop thing a bit so you can go to manchester airport and you can see concord and you can but there's there's a 747 in kimball yeah, you can get onto but having that overall thing with you you know a restaurant you can stay in it you can do a flight sim you can have a, a bit of a training college you can just go in and learn a bit about you know 747 history for example um, that you know, there's maybe an engine bay that you can run an engine in. Um, so there's there's there's, there's a, a something there, but we need to obviously with the seven four seven dying, we need to acquire it pretty soon and either get the idea moving or stick it in storage somewhere. And I'll tell you, regardless of the size of section, it is over six figures to just <laughs> even if you're just going to take a cockpit to take it and move it. It is over six figures. So that, that that just brings the realistic thing down to Oof. whatever people say, can't believe that aircraft's being scrapped. It's a travesty, all of that. When you start to try and preserve them, it's yeah, uh, it's, it's astounding. So I mean I mean that that number's really I mean, sort of going back to what you were saying before where you know a lot of people look at the numbers and they think, Oh, that seems quite expensive, as I say, but I I guess it hadn't even entered into my my head like the 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 costs involved in actually producing the things that you do, isn't it? As you say, and you t- you know, you, the example you've given there, where you're talking like you know six figure numbers and stuff. I mean that 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 must be quite scary as well, because you've got to be sure that this thing is going to shift. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. it's definitely scary for me because I do the accounting side. All oh, right, yes, okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I work with the accountant and do the invoicing. So right, yeah, yes, <laughs> you know that this. You know, if you say you buy a meter square section of aluminium, you know, if you go and try selling aluminium to a scrapper, I don't know what you'll get for a meter square, 30 quid, something like that, you know. So if if the if the scrappers are starting to cotton on to this now, because you know, some of them will say it's just not worth us cutting the aircraft, you know, by the time we pay for the labor of that, mm-hmm. we're not gonna make any money from you for us to go and cut two windows out or six windows. So it's just easier for us to just scrap the whole thing. So it's get once you get past that, some of the scrappers are cottoning on. So what was probably very affordable for us to just go in and lift a load of stuff, they're seeing now actually they can they can make money from it, whereas before it would all have just gone into to, to, to be recycled. Yeah, I mean and actually that, along, thing, along like, those lines, uh, John's asking in the chat room: Are there pieces that you'd like to get purely because of market interest? Are there requests you have from customers that are really hard to get? Um, yeah, so I guess the, the, the 747 thing was it was a lot. So we get asked for specific ridges. So there's um, the um, Iron Maiden, ex-Iron Maiden uh, 747 that's just gone into Kemble. 
it touched down and about 10 minutes later i had a message on instagram going um when are the cups are going to appear online (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really work like that you know we we don't get i mean the aircraft is still stored is it even going to be scrapped straight away who knows you know so it's, it's things like that we get specific registration requests for especially around the 747s and from you know spotters who see our craft going into the likes of Kemble or St. Athan. Um, but it doesn't always mean that that aircraft is meeting its demise, as I say. So um, that and um, I guess requests for older aircraft, um, requests for safety cards is another big thing as well. So we get requests for specific cards. Um, we do like cabin crew uniform. So we order a request for one of the old full Costello British Airways hats. Um, so and, and and you know it's it it's amazing whenever I go and buy off private sellers, the stuff that people hoard over the years, which is great for us now. The stuff that people collect is is, is mad. I'll pull down my Erlingus uniform one of these days, Drew and Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Richard Adams makes a quite an amusing comment in the chat room. He's uh, saying, just picturing the Emirates A380 at Manchester taxiing past with lots of little squares cut out from various <laughs> places. So Emirates um, have scrapped their first one. I think they're on the second one now. So there is tags have just been produced from that. Um, and uh, Emirates won full control. Um, as you would expect. Um, so they're they're selling it through a provider in the UAE. Um, so who's to know? We, we might get some down the line from Emirates, but again, there's, it's all white. We'd have to make sure we had access to that ramp as well before we start chopping little squares over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Definitely. <laughs> Nev? Yeah, I was just going to say, Anya, the, um, just looking at the website again, I mean, the, the documentation that's required to do all of this stuff and all the EPOS stuff and all the back end to the website, the, the photography and the description. I mean, this this is a full time job, isn't it? By any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I think it, it's definitely busier than than what we probably thought it would be initially. Um, and, you know, like Drew and I have said a couple of times, sometimes it's a couple of hours before we start our nine to five, you know, in the morning. Yeah. And certainly every evening, I know our other halves are, you know, can you please put the phone down <laughs> because we're online. We're online sometimes till 10, 11 at night, you know, trying to get things sorted. Um, like Drew mentioned, we have uh, we do have somebody working with us now who does a lot of the listing for us. Um, the pictures, because most of the stocks in the UK is normally Drew. Um, and it's funny because because I'm the one that's posting on social media. I'm like, it's it's not it's not really nice enough. So can you take it again? And Drew is always telling me off for that. Uh, or I'm telling him off, but um, yeah, there there is a lot of work that goes into it, you know, and and uh, neither was really thought that it would be this successful this quickly, you know. We've had a we've had a whirlwind of a year, um, but but like we said, we put every extra hour and and over the weekends into it, uh, but we're we're just making it work for the moment because you know we're dedicated to doing that, but equally we're we're conscious of the fact that we've got full time jobs as well, so. So we're, we're muddling through and um, doing what we can to, to try and fulfill all our customers' needs and, and making sure that the website is up to scratch as well at all times. Yeah. Yes, and, we, we, you know, we, we as I sort of touched on earlier about the personal thing, so, uh, you know, I post in a lot of the groups and and um, so pe- people like that personal connection that they can message and ask the, the requests and all of that. 
that's obviously very difficult to manage whenever you're also the same person who's packaging it and posting it and listing it online and doing the social media thing. So sometimes, and, and I get a lot of messages personally from people because I'm the one sharing the doors to manual post in some of the, the plain spotting groups. So, so sometimes it's, yeah, there's no let up, um, but you know, it, it, it's, it's rewarding. Um, I think we've both gone through times where our other halves have either been helping us with the customer order sheet or, or doing invoicing for us. So we've uh, we've roped in as many people as we can. It's just uh, we don't necessarily have to pay them. <laughs> Cheap labour. Yeah. Um, We're going to start to uh, to wrap up the chat with you guys. A couple more questions left, though, uh, for you before we uh, before we say good, uh, goodbye to you guys. But first... Um, also, one of the last questions I just want to ask is where to from from here? You know, where you, obviously you've you've got an incredibly successful business. There's, there's no two ways about that. Whatever way you look at it, I personally think it's at least amazing. But where where are we going to go from sort of here with the business? Do you think? I think I think we're we're, we're tight on the product that we sell. Um, so I don't think there's going to be an expansion of uh, you know types of products. Um, Mike is just about to. Uh, start a whirlwind with the tags we've just transferred over the full engraving process to mike um, from jetstream tv so that's his the engraver actually arrived with mike this afternoon uh, so, so he should have one. most of his tags done by now <laughs> <laughs> oh she is a slave driver isn't she blimey you can tell she does the accounts can't you <laughs> I'm wondering why he's sitting on this call and I hope I hope he's already started testing you <laughs> otherwise he's in the call. Um, so, so Paul, we'll be pushing with the tags, looking at this 747 experience. We have to step into the business, as I said. So, so um, we're always wanting to bring more stock in globally. We have the stock to a level where we're sort of happy that we're able to keep moving, but we're always wanting... There's an expectation from our customers that we're bringing new stuff onto the website every day. And I think we've listed new stock nearly every day yeah, since we've right. since we've been on which which yeah. which is unfortunately created a rod for our own back there but um but yeah so so hopefully the 747 experience will 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 um will, will bring something new to it so so what's the space i think generally both of us are kind of like you know if you don't try you never know so we just always try so yeah. you know we're always looking for those opportunities and you know if it works out well and good if not then at least you've tried you know yeah Absolutely. Rich, Rich Adams in the chat room says that PTUK tags would sell. What do you think, guys? <laughs> right, okay. Uh, uh, the other thing is, is we're gonna have to we're, we're gonna have to cut up one of your windows, I think, mate, because we haven't got oh. any. <laughs> 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 Moving swiftly on. Okay. Um, yeah, the other and the other idea is, you know, do we do we stop planes? So we have a brand already for cruise, um, so for ship shipping. Um, so you know, do we cut up ships, cars, trains, buses? Um, the train thing's big, so it's it's. Do we, do no, we no, 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 stick a plan. Stick a plan. <laughs> I was like, I was just about to hang up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. I'm out. Thanks for playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one last question for each of you separately, which is a question we ask all our guests on the show. Uh, but first, before we uh, ask that question, would you guys like to just plug away where our listeners can find out about your glorious website? Yeah, so website is doors number two, obviously number two, doors number two manual.org. Um, and our social media is to manual underscore on Instagram. Um, our Twitter is the same. And our Facebook is facebook.com slash doors number two manual. You're best to follow the social media because that every new product we get basically goes on social media. If there's one offs, 
it will be on there. Any auctions we do, we do do quite a few auctions for bigger pieces. Um, and you can find us on eBay as well. Some for the protection of eBay, and that's totally fine. You will have to pay a little bit more on eBay um, because of the, the cost that we incur with that. Um, and also, we will um, offer you guys a, a 15% discount code to oh, put on the. On the oh, hello. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. What's Carlos going to oh, buy now? Oh, <laughs> no. What have you done? I mean, thank you, yeah. but oh, my God, what have you done? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's not created yet, but we'll do something like plain talking 15 or something so uh we'll, we'll give it to you so that you can publish it um carlos okay we oh will. brilliant that's that's right. for your, so not just for you for your listeners as well that's very hey. kind thank you very much <laughs> i'm gonna block your account carlos, carlos you only get one use, one use yeah you. one use only yeah, absolutely yeah you'll get one from but his I'm... personal account one from the plain talking uk account one from i better make uh, sure i fill the basket <laughs> yeah so uh, I'll, right, anyway. I'll set it to plain talking 15 and that'll yeah. go live in the next um, five minutes if I can get on to do it Plain Talking 15 that's very kind of you guys thanks for that that's very kind indeed but we do have a question for you Nev has got them lined up ready for you each and it's a question like I said that we ask all our guests on the show now I know Drew you, you obviously looked in or went sort of looked down the piloting uh, kind of thing so uh, Nev far away well, it's a question for, for both of you guys. Uh, and the question is, if you had the opportunity to fly any aircraft, be it civil, military, uh, current, uh, commercial, GA, military, anything at all, what would it be? On you, Ooh, I have to think through. Well, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, I don't have them off the top of my head. Am I flying on it or am I flying it? You're flying it. Flying it. Oh, yes. I definitely will say ZD two four one, the VC ten, because the, it it seems to have been such a sacred aircraft, um, and and I've I've never had the experience of even because I know it did taxi taxi and an engine runs and all of that, and I didn't get to experience that. Um, so yeah, VC ten for me. Yeah, I think and I would it, probably. It, it's given oh. so much to the UK um, uh, military side of things too. So there's a outside drew knows far too much detail than i do so i'm just gonna go ahead and say the biggest one that i've seen so the 380 yeah absolutely Uh, and that's purely because i always go for the high powered and the big cars as well so i'll I'll choose the i'll choose the big aircraft the biggest aircraft that i've seen so we'll go 380 marvelous good two two completely different answers to to what we've had in the past so well done guys so uh, that is where we're going to bring the chat with you to a close. I'm going to say a massive thanks to you both for coming on the show. Really do appreciate it, uh, taking time out your Friday evening to join us on the show. As I said, we will put all the links in the show notes uh, to the awesome website, Doors to Manual. Now that's Doors, the number two manual uh, in the website. We'll, we'll look, uh, put all the links and that into the show notes. So you'll be able to click on there. And uh, that very generous um, code, discount code as well. So thank you guys for that. So, Thanks from all the team for joining us on the show this evening. And we wish you all the absolute very best for the future, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having us. And I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, uh, welcome to our London studios. Uh, Welcome to the A320 Lounge uh, webinar a tech presentation, um, obviously for the 320 series. Welcome to the A320 and 737 Lounge, bringing technical refresher courses directly to you. Using our cutting edge broadcasting facilities, enjoy a fully interactive technical refresher course from the comfort of your own home. 
All of our webinars are live and you can ask your instructor a question at any point during the day. All of our instructors are highly experienced and can help you. No more expensive nights away from home, no new software required, just an internet connection. Courses are run at regular intervals, so check out A320Lounge and 737lounge.com for more details. Discover the pioneers of speed and adventure at one of the UK's most iconic museums. Whether it's a tour of the legendary Concorde, a walk around the Brooklyn's aircraft factory, or maybe a behind-the-scenes look at the McLaren automotive cars, the Brooklyn's Museum has it all. Based at Weybridge in Surrey, it's the perfect day out for all the family. We can also host your private function or meeting in one of our amazing event suites. With so much to see and do, come and take a look at Great Britain's history of speed and flight. Find out more by going to www.brooklandsmuseum.com or give us a call on 01932 857 381. That's 01932 857 381. Small. Oh, that was so much fun! What a what a great couple of guys they are, eh? That was re- I really enjoyed that. That was yeah. good, honestly. You, it's it's one of those things like you say, Matt. You know, when you look at these aircraft being being scrapped, cut up, and stuff, you kind of think, oh, it's worthless. It's it's mm. you know, it, there's nothing there. It's just a you know an old, but it's the cost that uh, that goes into all. Yeah that goes into doing the whole the whole job and everything is is phenomenal didn't even as i say when they when they were saying that bit for me as i say when they're saying it's like you know they're looking at a 747 and you know all of us were getting super excited about the fact that it was going to be a 747 possibly available and you know all that kind of thing and then and then they say the words a six-figure sum just to move it just to move it, just yeah. i mean it's it's scary isn't it it really is you know it, it sort of gives gives you an eye it's a sort of like appear behind the curtain almost of uh yeah. of of what goes into doing something as what something that sounds so simple as well yeah are you going to be um making a purchase uh mr bounds uh, that's the trouble you see once you start scrolling through that website <laughs> yes i i've said no no i'm definitely not gonna buy anything and then i just came across something oh my chair looks quite nice oh it's only you know that would look nice and, yeah. <laughs> and, and we gen- genuinely didn't know that there was going to be a, a discount offered to us no. either so that was a lovely surprise, surprise yeah as that's well. very good yeah, yeah. so uh, plain talking 15 is that discount code if and what was this what, and, and how much was the discount again what did we get uh, 15 percent 15 percent very good oh lovely it's lovely Honestly, so get yourselves over to uh, the Doors to Manual website. Yeah, honestly, what, guys, what is we... the website by the way? Because it did break up so, a bit when when um, it's, uh, when Doors you were saying it. Two, as it as in the number two, yeah. so Doors Two Manual dot uh, org is the website, and there's a shop on there. That there is literally, honestly, as Nev said, there is pages <laughs> and pages and pages, pages and pages, pages and pages. Yeah, aviation memorabilia. You can get lost in there and spend an awful lot of money. Good um, as, I, as I won't be later. <laughs> no, of course not. Absolutely, or at least wait until Gemma's in bed. Uh, <laughs> and on that, um, she, she just bought you some no. wine, hasn't she? <laughs> You've just got rumbled, haven't you? <laughs> I love it. Damn it. <laughs> Dagnang it. Yeah, she's going yeah, yeah. to be cancelling all the cards immediately. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Oh, what have I done? Honestly. You started it. Uh, no. But thanks again to uh, to the guys for coming on the show. It's been good to have them on. But uh, we shall hopefully uh, hear some stories from listeners over the coming weeks as to what they've purchased from the store. Absolutely. So, uh, guys, we've got some commercial news to do. So, uh, if uh, everyone is ready, yeah, okay. Um, are we going to do the Patreon? 
Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry. Patreon. Sorry first. about that. Yes. Sorry about that. That's me. <laughs> that's me scrolling down too far on the. Right. Uh, okay. Page. All right then. Dev, yeah. Dev, it's an important time of the uh, time of the month, and uh, we should raise our glasses to of some course. awesome people. We should absolutely. Very much so. Yes. And uh, this month we are thanking Dirk S, Sasha Beer, Stephen Ivy, Nicholas Codling, Louis Casares, uh, Andrew Van der Sarg, Alan White. Stephen Howland, Tanya Wyman, Megan Carrion, uh, Jacob Darlington-Brown, Nicholas Hewitt, Masha, uh, Owen, Reuben Wells, Neil Danwarn, Graham Haley, Jonathan Warner, Eric Graves, Jordan Rose, Andrew Wilson, Captain Jeff, Adam Spink, Liz Piper, Jeff Ward, Myler, Jenny Parkinson, Evan Shue, Philip Labe, Stuart Backer, Ray Williams, Stephanie Plummer, and those who use the PayPal method of uh, making their contribution, Masus Karim, Craig uh, Urosoko, Uroso, uh, um, St- uh, Tony Stubbings, and Richard Adams. Thank you very much indeed for your fantastic contributions, uh, because probably next month we won't get as much money because I've spent it all over on the <laughs> doors to manual with the, the 15% discount. So let's Let's take advantage of this to possibly. Yes, I, I'd like to say he was yeah. joking, but I don't think he is somehow. That's, that's the only well, thing that's that's a little bit on the worrying oh, side. No, Never mind, no, eh? No, big big thanks to all our Patreon and PayPal donators, honestly, to the show because it is it is you guys that help us do this show and put this show together each week. It's not just us as a team. It's not just John, our producer. It is you as a Patreon and PayPal donator, which helps glue everything together each mm. week. But us helps put the show out. So um, yeah. So. Thank Thank you to everyone. So, uh, so shall we do some uh, commercial news stories? We've got some interesting ones this week. Yeah, we have, yeah. Let's do it, shall we? The captain has turned on the seatbelt light. Please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> just looking at uh, Richard Adams' comment in the chat room here that the uh, the coffee fund will be empty, or the uh, yeah. Patreon fund will be empty at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. I'll, give it, I... I'll give it an hour. Yeah. Oh, blimey. <laughs> anyway, our first news story for this week comes to us from flightglobal.com, and the headline is Vietnam A321 flew domestic sector after suffering a vehicle collision damage. So Vietnamese authorities are said to be investigating why an A321 was able to continue operating, having sustained substantial damage to its aft fuselage, apparently from a forklift vehicle. The Civil Aviation Authority of Vietnam was informed uh, by the Ministry of Transport that the aircraft suffered a fuselage dent beyond permissible limits at Ho Chi Minh City on the 17th of April, but was then flown to Puchok. Uh, Vietnamese outlet VTC News, which is directly linked to the government, says the investigation will be verifying the circumstances of the incident. But it also states that surveillance images from the security cameras show the aircraft, Victor November Alpha 603, was undergoing maintenance in the vicinity of its tail with the assistance of a forklift platform on the night of the 16th of April. The Vietnamese authorities believe the vehicle was extracted improperly from the maintenance location and its protective frame collided with the aircraft. 
damage to the jet, including indentations of around 60 to 50 centimetres and cracks to the auxiliary power unit doors, were not noticed during the pre-flight checks for VN-1823, the service to Puchok. The aircraft was grounded for repair after the damage uh, was discovered upon arrival. And the Vietnamese, uh, Vietnam Airlines took delivery of the uh, twin jet powered by International Aero Engines V2500s in the early 2013s and has been its sole operator since then. Now, just looking at that picture that Matt's got on the screen there, I mean, there's definitely a, a ding to the panel there. Um I mean, it doesn't look that serious, but then obviously with these sorts of things, you can't just say, well, that's not, you know, it doesn't well, look serious, we'll, know, we'll leave but, it. But if, it, if it's an indentation of around 60 centimetres by 50 centimetres, that is quite large, isn't it? You've got to say. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you, you wow. honestly, with these things, you have to remember, like there was that, uh, remember that DC-10 that had the um, the engine um, come off on rotation. Do you remember years ago, Nev back? I yeah. think it was in the late 80s, there was an American Airlines DC-10 and that was due to the um, that engine being incorrectly uh, uh, managed by a forklift truck, wasn't it, at the time on there? Gosh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you have to be very careful with uh, with equipment round aircraft. I think oh, yeah. you see it, the word there. But moving on to the next story, and uh, Matt, this one is a Ryanair one, especially for you, and it's um, shock horror. <laughs> Uh, well, yes, quite. Uh, this is um, from NDTV, uh, and the headline is uh, Ryanair leaves 14 checked-in passengers behind. Ryanair, Ireland's low-cost airline, is in the middle of a controversy for leaving 14 of its passengers. Uh, the incident took place on Saturday the 30th of April at Palmer Airport. The blunder happened even after these passengers had checked in and arrived at the gate on time. According to The Independent, the mistake happened when the ground crew divided passengers in groups to be taken on shuttles to flight FR5729 to Malaga. Quoting Spanish publication Ultima Hora... Uh, the uh, report says that when the final bus was full, the last group of 14 passengers was asked to wait for another shuttle. There was a woman among the travellers who was afraid of her scheduled chemotherapy appointment in uh, being missed. The bus, however, never arrived. And in the meanwhile, pa passengers waiting at the gate uh, C55 were shocked to realise that the plane had taken off without them. Ryanair offered all of the customers another flight at 10pm on the same night as well as a four euro voucher Ooh, steady now uh to use at the airport shop four euros seriously what is four euros going to buy someone Ugh, anyway a packet, uh, the, of, chewing a packet yeah. of chewing gum absolutely that that'll be very nourishing i'm sure uh, the airport handler who operates the airport shuttle bus at palma de mallorca failed to connect collect this small group of passengers awaiting uh, their bus at the airport gate to bring them uh, to their plane causing them to miss their flight to malaga uh, on the 30th april the airline told the independent uh now weirdly I, I actually do feel a little bit sorry for the airline here because um these things do happen don't they i mean mistakes are made let's be fair it's you know you, you can't mm. always i mean yes obviously uh you know I'm, you know somebody's done something terribly wrong here i know but uh, I, I mean i'm actually quite impressed they got them onto another flight that same evening so i mean there could have been a you know a far greater delay very easily here but, but one or two passengers but 14 
I mean, the trouble is, is when the bus is full, the bus is full, isn't it? And if 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 the information to the to the you know the the people operating the shuttle hasn't been made clear, then you know once you've got sort of you know if the average um, flight you know requires only three shuttles, uh, unless you make a specific request, it's probably been overlooked or or not thought about. I mean, you know that having you know well, there's been I'm a mistake made is, here, obviously. If if Matt uh, Smith was driving that 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 uh, coach, that they would have all been there on time oh absolutely you're relying on on whoever it is probably swissport or someone like that to give the people all the information they need do you know what i mean it's uh anyway i feel sorry for the passengers but you know in ryanair's defense i mean they got them there that you know the, the same evening i guess uh dark guess is probably saying don't don't they count how many passengers are on board no to be silly it's done by that well it's probably done when they check in and, and and through there isn't it but i mean you could very easily lose count of the amount of people especially like if you're at stanston you end up standing in that stairwell for i don't know how long while actually, you're waiting uh, for the producer john <laughs> uh producer john is saying four euros is probably a full refund for that flight oh okay right. fair enough right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably true. Uh... <laughs> anyway, let's uh, get on with the next story because this is another exciting story. This is uh, for you, Nev, and uh, it's all about a rather iconic aircraft returning with BA. Oh, yes, mm. I'm looking forward to this very much. Uh, this is on the uh, mediarunsearch.co.uk, and it says that BA will return to fly the Boeing 757. Well, not quite, but British Airways is going to wet lease two Boeing 757-200s from Titan Airways, which operates charter flights in the UK, as well as four Airbus A321-200 from Finnair to meet the expected high demand for the European summer season, which begins this month. Uh, The last model of the American manufacturer regularly flew abroad uh, British Airways in October 2010. The company already had about 60 of these aircraft, which began operating in January 1983. Uh, The two planes offered by Titan Airways, which is uh, Golf Papa Oscar Whiskey Hotel and Golf uh, Zulu Alpha Papa X-Ray, have the capacity to take up to 202 passengers each and have been in commercials operation since the year 2000. They have tickets for other airlines such as Iberia and will cover some routes uh, that they must operate. The Boeing 787-10, which has uh, some units stockpiled in the United States due to the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on the sector. Uh, The leases are also good news for Finnair, which will temporarily allocate four of its 20 A321-200s to British Airways. Uh, The Finnish airline is currently in difficulties due to the closure of the airspace of Russia a neighbouring country, of course, and is facing serious problems in resuming flights to destinations in Asia uh, due to restrictions imposed on the country of Vladimir Putin. The the temporary assignments of these units will be an exemption, even if temporary, from the company's funds. They have the capacity to take up to 209 passengers and their average age is about eight years. Uh, So both of those 757s uh, started life with Iberia. Uh, back in 2000 so uh, it'll be interesting to see how we get on so yes i've been the victim of a number of ba flight cancellations over the last month due to crew shortages and aircraft shortages in some cases too so um, this will hopefully plug a little bit of a gap uh, for the next um, couple of months uh, during the summer period for them I have to say, Nev, one of my, and I think I think you'll agree with me here, one of my favourite liveries from BA was their Landor livery. Mm. 
And I still think the 7.5 with the Landor livery looks so oh, damn good. Totally. Yeah, so absolutely. And yeah. Uh, I do miss that aircraft a lot on the the shuttle routes it used to do to uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Belfast, uh, Manchester. Um, absolutely iconic aircraft. Massively overpowered and a very distinctive sound, uh, both yeah. from the inside and the outside on departure. Actually, Lee Davis Nev is saying in the chat room, the sound of the RB211s on the 7.5 are epic. Oh, they certainly are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, moving on to the next story, this one comes to us from Forbes.com. And this is just amazing. Honestly, a headline is airport chaos. US tourists bring unexploded souvenir bomb to Israel's Ben Gurion airport. Anyway, a member of the family had reportedly picked up the explosive as a souvenir on a visit to Israel-occupied Golan Heights, airports officials told the Times of Israel. The region was pummeled by heavy bombings and artillery fire during the Six-Day War with Syria back in 1967. Ben-Gurion Airport outside Tel Aviv has some of the highest levels of security in the world. All cars, taxis, buses and trucks go through a preliminary security uh, checkpoint before entering the airport compound. Once inside, travellers go through additional screening. And yesterday uh, at security checkpoint, an American family showed the souvenir shell to authorities who promptly announced an evacuation. Obviously, the video footage, as Matt is playing on the screen for those of you watching on YouTube, the video posted on social media shows chaotic scenes with some travellers dropping to the floor, others running through the airport in panic. The Israeli Airports Authority told Israeli media that one man was hospitalised with injuries after he tried to climb over a baggage carousel. Israeli journalist Iti Bamutal tweeted, although not many beats um, anymore, it's impossible to ignore the the hallucinatory sights at Ben Gurion Airport tonight. They said the American family traveling in the Golan Heights collected the fallen shell and took it with them in a suitcase. The American family were reportedly interrogated briefly by security. Yeah, I bet that was brief and cleared to board their flight. Remnants from wars that took place decades or even centuries ago can still contain live explosives. Just last month, a group of archaeologists stumbled across an intact Civil War bomb at the Kensaw Mountain National Battlefield in Georgia. In the United States, the Transportation Security Administration, or the TSA as we know it, regularly confiscates toy, replica, and other weapons found in people's luggage. Those include described such as inert smoke grenades, souvenir replica landmines. What? TSA officers also found an inert but real Civil War parrot shell in passenger belongings at Denver International Airport back in August 2019. Now, we discussed this before we uh, we started the show, didn't we, guys? And I think you said, Nev, didn't you? Of all the airports in the world to take this kind of souvenir through... Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that, really. Um, and my experience <laughs> of Ben Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv uh, is, you know, they are very aggressive with their questioning even before you check in, um, and quite rightly so. You know, they, they they've got uh, a very proud uh, history of very good security at that airport. Therefore, it is not a good idea. <laughs> to do what you have just described no <laughs> honestly i i mean oh jeez anything 
of that description is just ridiculous. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous, honestly. Anyway, moving on to the next story. And I chose this story this week, um, especially for Matt, because I know Matt has a massive passion for this particular theme. I see what you did there. Yes. Uh, Okay. This is, uh, we're talking about Alaska Airlines, basically. It's from geekwire.com. And the headline, Alaska Airlines celebrates May the 4th with Star Wars-themed content and aircraft. It probably won't make the Kessel Run in less than 20 parsecs, but Han Solo (laughs) should definitely be piloting this new plane from Alaska Airlines. In celebration of the May the 4th, or Star Wars Day as it's often known, the airline unveiled an aircraft with a paint job suitable for another galaxy. The the, the space black plane features images from the iconic sci-fi franchise, including the Millennium Falcon being chased uh, by TIE fighters. Uh, There are also Porgs, the the avian creatures that... uh, had uh, lived on Luke Skywalker's home island, looking back at passengers from both winglets and another at the boarding door. The plane is officially called Star Wars Transport to the Disneyland Resort and is a collaboration from teams at Alaska, Disneyland Resort and Lucasfilm. The design celebrates Disneyland's Star Wars Galaxy Edge attraction and made its inaugural flight from Seattle at Tacoma International Airport to Orange County uh, in California on on Wednesday. In further recognition of May the 4th, a play on the May the Force Be With You. Uh, Alaska was offering priority boarding to any passengers wearing Star Wars gear <laughs> during their travels with the airline today. Uh, the airplane livery uh, required 228 gallons of paint applied during 540 hours of work over 27 days, according to Alaska. There were 23 base colours applied before 20 three base colours applied before the airbrushing of the Millennium Falcon and the TIE Fighters. Uh, now, I've got a picture of this, which I will pop up because Carlos did send it across here. And I must say, I, I do love it. Uh, it's only right. sort of like at the back here, isn't it? But it, what a, what a, I love that. I just love the attention to detail there. Uh, that That's great. It's, uh, as I say, uh, I, I love it when airlines do stuff. Do you know what? Actually, I think they should keep that. I love I, that. I think that looks yeah. really cool. Do you know, I, 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 I'm I a big Star Trek fan. You all know that. Listeners all know uh, that I love Star Trek. And he's, not, he's, not, have, he's not a Star Wars fan, though, which I find no, highly insulting. I, no, I have, <laughs> I have watched the Star Wars films, but only probably once. Oh, good Lord. Um, I watched I, them on May the 4th because those are the rules. <laughs> but I love, I absolutely love airline airlines that do this kind of thing. And I think it is a fantastic idea mm. to at least paint one of your aircraft fleet in a theme be it star wars or whatever Mm. i just think it looks bloody amazing it really does and i think that the the passengers love it you know people actually take time out of their days to try and find these aircraft to take pictures of and i I definitely have what what would you love to see painted on the the side of a ba aircraft nev Hmm, that's a good question actually um your uh um, doors to manual uh, account, uh, <laughs> which would probably cover most of it. I think so. I think that's a good shout. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I will just say, I will just say, when we wrapped up that interview, someone just, just someone walked through that door and said, "You are not using that code and buying anyone." <laughs> 
No, I'll, I'll use it on your behalf. Yeah. Thank you, Nev. Cheers, Nev. <clears throat> well, quite. I'm glad we had this chat. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next story. Nev, we're back with BA and we're back with a food story this oh, week. Oh, dear. Honestly, sometimes I can't find the words for this. This is on the mirror.co.uk. British Airways mocked for travesty jollof rice dish served on flight. British Airways has been savagely mocked online after serving a travesty of a rice dish, and they even spelled the name wrong. Uh, Twitter user uh, Yova Rock shared a snap of the Jollof rice, which they spelled J-O-L-O-F dish, that was served on a flight to Ghana, and soon they were inundated with comments. Yova uh, highlighted the first issue as the dish is actually called Jollof, with two L's, which is a Senegalese rice meal made with long-grain rice, tomatoes, onions, spices, vegetable and meat. Uh, And soon other Twitter users flocked to the post to comment their take on the meal as one branded it a travesty. Sharing a picture of her dish, Yehova said, Twitter, it's time I share with you the Jollof rice British Airways served on my flight to Ghana a few weeks ago. One fan responded, I hope you called police to ensure someone was arrested when the plane landed. And another (laughs) said, well, to be fair, they said Jollof. I can tell you where uh, that travesty (laughs) of a meal is from. Then a third wrote, I'd have to fight... Uh, the flight staff in defence of the ancestors. Uh, Others were concerned about the ingredients in the dish, as one said, but where is the rice? Why are the onions winning? Asked a fourth (laughs) user. Uh, Another added, is the ground pepper on the chicken? Okay, let me pass. I can only see coloured rice and not jollof. Others were not so harsh and credited the meal for following the colour scheme of the Ghanaian flag. One said, in their defence, they served you the national flag of Ghana on your trip to Ghana. Uh, And then it emerged that a similar dish had been served on other airlines. As one user said, I had a similar experience when I took uh, a Virgin Atlantic flight to Lagos. I laughed. Well... Obviously, there's not enough going on in the world at the moment, is there? Uh, and uh, Twitter can be a, a harsh platform mm. at the best of times, can't it? But uh, honestly, uh, I'm. I've Did you have the pictures of that dish, actually, Matt? In the um... <laughs> oh, probably. Yes. Bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's have a look and let's join in with it. Indeed, shall we? Let, let, I mean, let's, I, mean I, I I thought it looked like a very when I saw the pictures on on the uh, on the site. I thought it looked like a very colourful, very tasty looking uh dish actually myself when i saw that there we go there's the uh the, the standard ba uh silver foil coating on the uh, meal there yes oh dear what, what do you that... think Nev? <laughs> well um yeah I, okay that that's probably not going to do it for me i must say uh but um you know I, I, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that not that's not in seat one a looking at the plastic cutlery it, maybe not Maybe not. Yeah. No. I mean, that isn't the most appetising thing I've ever seen in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you see, the thing is, no one's talked about the taste, have they? They've true, only, true. They've only talked about the visual appreciation or otherwise. Or depreciation, thing, I think, or, in this case. Or, or lack of appreciation. Actually, yeah. you, you say that. I, I have, I've, I've been privy to having a meal on an aircraft where you've peeled off the top and I've looked at it and thought, oh, my God, what the hell is this? But then I've eaten it, and it's been, God, blimey, this is really nice. 
Like, yeah, really? although you probably struggle with that because it'll be spicy and you, you don't, you're not good at spice. Oh, well, no, yeah, spicy. Yeah. I'll <laughs> tell you the one meal that I did enjoy, Nev, was the meal on the way back from Dubai. Oh, that was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, that was lovely. That was like roast beef or something, though, wasn't it? Fillet steak. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. well, exactly. All right. Yeah, okay. Yes. So and it was the last thing. time we will probably ever fly on a 747. Yes. Yeah, sad times. Yeah. Sad times. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So the next story, moving on, is on the aviationonline.com website. And uh, we're moving to cargo aircraft for this one. And uh, Iceland Air and Ethiopian Airlines are adding 767 cargo aircraft. Bear in mind, I didn't say 777, I said 76. So Ethiopian Airlines uh, division began, uh, began the passenger-to-freighter conversion of the airline's first ever Boeing 767-300ER cargo aircraft. The work carried out at the Addis Ababa facility in collaboration with Israel Aerospace Industries makes it the first maintenance sense, uh, center on the African continent to authorize work on this model. Uh, this line joins IAI's already operational conversion facilities in Tel Aviv and Mexico City. And as reported by Arion, the first conversion will be performed on an 18-year-old aircraft with serial number 33768. It is expected to be ready in two months' time. It will be followed by another two jets of the same model with serial numbers 33767, that's quite apt, uh-huh. and 33769, and an average age of 17 years old. The aircraft will be used by the Ethiopian carrier to expand its cargo capacity. And also, Iceland there are acquiring 767s to be converted to uh, freighters as well by ST Engineering. Iceland Air Cargo, the Icelandic Airlines Cargo Division, will take delivery of their Boeing 767 freighters converted by ST Engineering. The aircraft will join the fleet with the northern uh, in the northern autumn, arriving in Singapore on the 29th of April. They will undergo conversion work there during the summer. And the aircraft, a 767-300 owned by Aircat, is 23.3 years old, with a serial number 28883. And it began flying back in January 1999, and its uh, long life operated with, amongst others, as Britannia Airways, TUI Airways as well. And it's safe to say, I mean, we'd always look at the freighters most of the airlines seem to be using triple seven freighters i think they have didn't they mm. but uh, it's good to see the seven six has still got plenty of um of, of life left in it such. oh yeah and uh, iceland air in particular you know big uh, have been big users of the uh seven five and seven six seven uh for passenger operations so uh no it's good good to see them uh uh with a, a freighter version of it on, on a conversion so uh, yeah yeah, great stuff. Actually, it says uh, said there that uh, they're convert, converting these, Nev. Um, it says it's expected to be ready in two months. That's not bad for converting Crikey. a yeah. passenger aircraft into uh, to a freighter. Yep, that's going somewhere, isn't it? I wonder Come what on. they do with the bits inside. Oh, no. Don't stop. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Moving on. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... There's some great pictures here, actually, that... Uh, that, as you say, of some of what was what was going on here. I mean, it, well, you know, ah, oh dear, it's a, it's a division. Well, a lot of scaffolding going on there. There's there a, a lot, lot of scaffolding, scaffolding going on yeah, there. Actually, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people with microphones as well. I find actually that the, the pictures. Um, I think you did. You, have you got a couple of the pictures of the uh, the two E seven six seven as well That's, in that? Is that uh, is that one that one? No. That's the one. Yeah. 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 yeah that that um, I love that livery. 
that yeah. two livery on that on those seven. Do you know what? It's so nice to see one where it isn't just literally the fin that they've done. Do you know? Because so many yeah. of the aircraft now, they don't they don't go that extra mile, do they? And it's just literally essentially. A, I know it's because it's cheaper to do it that way, but you know it's nice to sort of see someone. That's why I'm so excited you- about the, uh, the the one before, obviously with the with the the May the Fourth uh, stuff. You know, it's nice to see you know it being done for a change you know i'll tell you what i do love as well mr bounds the uh the seven sixes with the uh the winglet the blended winglets yes the shark um, fins yeah and of course it it's um with the seven sixes i always thought that um in some cases they, they looked better without them actually but of course mm. uh we've now got used to seeing so many aircraft uh, with with winglets uh, with yeah. them mm. on with the shark uh, fins on um and it does as you say very much look look like a sort of blended as as, as part of the whole wing structure doesn't it so uh, uh yeah. richard adams is saying in the chat remember remember those horrendous striped aircraft from a couple of weeks ago we ran the story on the um, oh they look like the suite that uh, nick coffin yeah. managed to remember the name of which i that's can't it, write it was yeah. a condor it was a condor or something like condor that. yeah that's yeah, it man yeah, yeah. blimey man i know <laughs> He's got he's got a memory and a half on him, isn't he? Honestly. I don't know where that came from. I can't remember what I had for dinner. Well done, Mrs. Smith. Do you know? I think it's because I made the show title that, and I think that's the only reason that stuck. To be honest. Oh, with you. Okay. Anyway, we'll move on. Anyway, shall we? move yeah. on to the uh, yeah. to the next one. Now, this next story, Matt, I chose for you. Um, well, one because it's a really nice story, and two because it involves dogs. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we're it's this is from Fox Thirteen Now. Dot com and the headline is Wyoming pilot rescues dogs by flying them to Utah. Uh, so the stories come from Logan in Utah. A small plane with more than two dozen passengers landed at the Logan Cash Airport on Tuesday, the 26th of April. The passengers on board the Cessna aircraft weren't ordinary jet setters, though. The plane was loaded with 23 animals rescued from overcrowded shelters in West Texas. Dr. Pete Rourke from Jackson, Wyoming, is the founder of Dog Is My Co-Pilot. He flies the plane to areas where animals face euthanasia and transports them to places like Utah where they're given a new lease of life. Rourke said, we provide transport for the groups in the south that are completely overrun, Dr Rourke said. They they wouldn't have made it to the end of the week. This flight began early in the morning in Denver City, Texas after uh, stops in Denver, Colorado and and Grand Junction in Colorado. 23 dogs were flown to Logan where they met were met by staff and the Cash Humane Society. These dogs uh, today um uh, sorry, these dogs uh, were taken to the Cash Humane facility where they received a bath and a veterinary exam. Now they are up for adoption. Uh, we have fixed over 30,000 animals in our community. We are at a point now where we have no, we have more adopters than homeless animals and we are able to reach out to communities that need our help, said Stacey Frisk, the director of Cash Humane Society. Most of these dogs will be in their next home in under two weeks. That's amazing, isn't it? Uh, the Cash Humane some Society has space in its shelter because of a high rate of spay and neutering in northern Utah. That isn't the case in other areas of the United States. According to ASPCA, uh, the ASPCA, uh, about nine, 920,000 adoptable pets are euthanized every year because there isn't enough room in shelters in places like Texas, New Mexico and the Central Valley of California for animals that aren't 
quickly adopted. Dr. Rourke is trying to chip away at that number by operating several flights each week. His organisation has two planes with plans to acquire a third. Pilots volunteer their free time to fly planes full of rescued animal animals. Uh, rescue is my favourite breed, he said. We are coming up on 22,000 lives saved. Anyone who has a dog at home completely gets where we're coming from. Originally, Dr. Rock planned to save just 10,000 pets. He has kept going after eclipsing that total because the reason for his philanthropic... You get what I mean. At work, is, yeah. Thank you. Very good. Uh, is is so close to his heart. Oh, that's a lovely story, it's isn't great. it? I know it's great stuff, isn't it? When yeah. you, when you have this kind of thing happening, and it seems to happen actually more in the US than it does here in the UK. Yeah. Although I, we are quite good, I think here, aren't mm. we? About sort of you know looking after our animals. I mean, there's always an exception, isn't there? But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize the numbers were that high in in the US. I guess we shouldn't be surprised, really, should we? No, it's an, it's a really good idea as well. I know um, uh, Hillel uh, from APG who does mm. the, the bits on the APG. He does Hillel, the Slack, Hillel, doesn't he? Yeah. The Slack, yeah. Hillel also does this kind of thing as well because he's a he's uh, an aircraft owner. Oh wow! And uh, he does he does the whole um, rescue you know dog things as well. He, he ferries uh, pups about and stuff like that. So he also does this kind of work as well. I think it's very it's it's so good. I love this. Well, and good and good on got good on Halal for doing that. I think that's a yeah. brilliant idea, isn't it? Yeah. So Nev, uh, we're going to have a bit of nostalgia oh, for this ooh. story, and there's loads of great pictures as well with this. Yeah, and lots of stats which will make your eyes water oh. compared to uh, today's modern aviation. It's on the DailyMail.com, and it says the BOAC Comet flew from London to Johannesburg this week back in 1952, making it the world's first ever jetliner to take off from London uh, during this week. Uh, when the world's first ever jetliner took off from London, uh, crowds cheered as 36 passengers began, began their pioneering journey to Johannesburg. It was the flight that promised to beckon a new era, one which made the world a much smaller place for those that could afford to fly by air. The de Havilland DH-106 Comet, which was a Golf Alpha Lima Yankee Papa, took off from Heathrow, which was simply then known as London Airport, uh, just after 3pm. It took over 23 hours for the plane to travel nearly 7,000 miles to its destination, with five stops along the way. At the time, the propeller-powered Hermes services were taking nearly 28 hours to get to the same destination, despite flying a route that was around a 1,000 miles shorter than the Comets. Uh, Britain was lauded for showing that British planes that had been built by British workers, according to domestic designs, uh, could still lead the world. The price for single fare on the flight was £175, with return costing 315 When accounting for inflation, those figures amount to more than £5,300 for the single and 10000 for the return sector. Uh, the flight was so successful that it, tracked, it attracted the eye of a US senator who said that his country had temporarily lost superiority in jet commercial transportation to Britain, even while America was providing financial and military aid to Europe 
after the devastation caused by the Second World War. But barely after a year it went, in, uh, went into service, disaster struck the comet when in March 1953 one crashed on takeoff in Karachi, killing all 11 people on board. In the year that followed, there were two further crashes with investigations revealing a severe design flaw, which was metal fatigue caused in part by the plane's square windows. All comets were grounded and by the time they could re-enter service in 1958, the plane's reputation had been severely damaged. The world's airlines instead largely opted to fly with the American Boeing 707 and Douglas DC-8. Powered by four de Havilland Ghost jet engines, the comet could reach speeds of 503 miles per hour, which meaning that the average journey times were halved. The height at which it flew, which was 40,000 feet, had previously only been the preserve of military jet fighters. The service to Johannesburg had five stops along the way, as we'd already mentioned, in Rome, Beirut, Khartoum, Entebbe and Livingstone in Zambia. Because of the length of the flight, the crew were replaced at both Beirut and then Khartoum. Each passenger on the flight received a certified, uh, 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 sorry, a certificate signed by the pilot on the first leg of the flight, which was uh, Captain A.M. Mayandi. Uh, at 93 feet in length, uh, the DH-106 was almost 15 feet shorter than its main competitor, the Douglas DC-6B. One of the main draws of the plane was the fact it was much quieter than its propeller-proud powered predecessors. A BOAC advert from May 1952 noted how the comet was quiet and free from vibration and a total Mm. of 16 Comet 2 planes were built but ended up not being used commercially and instead went into service with the RAF. Both the Boeing 707 and Douglas DC-8, which were also bought by airlines, could seat almost twice as many passengers as the comet. so just think of the, the, what Qantas are planning to do with the A350 at the moment, which is to go from London to Sydney yeah. in 20 hours, carrying 200-and-something people. I forget what the number is they're looking at, at doing in a couple of years' time. Quite amazing statistics, really, isn't it, if you think about it? Yeah, I, I can remember the um, you're saying there about the, the, the issues they had with the Comet. I can always I remember that uh, watching that documentary series on the on the Comet, and where they I don't know if you if you knew about this, Matt. When they originally made the Comet, they they made it with square windows, and obviously when you when you get a piece of metal and you cut a perfect square, obviously at the at the corners uh, are going to be stress points. Obviously, something that's square <coughs> will obviously. Uh, crack easier than something that's curved right more strength of the curve so when when these aircraft originally went into service with square windows being pressurized then unpressurized pressurized and unpressurized this constant movement of the uh, fuselage eventually it led to the uh the issues they had with the cracks and they lost Lost a few of these, didn't they, Nev? The uh, the comets over the over the times. With- yeah, and of course, I, it was a, a big dent in British aviation manufacturing um, mm. because of the loss of confidence in all this. And of course, it never made it back into the air until 1958. So yeah. that was, a, Gosh. That was uh, some six years uh, later. Um, and they actually what they done? They they actually built a tank, Matt. They built a huge tank. They put a v, uh, a comet inside the tank, filled it with water, and obviously. Uh, simulated flying in in air pressurizing and they right. eventually nev didn't they they actually made it they they got this air you know this this aircraft fuselage um to 
to you know to, to crack and explode, yeah. which is how they found out what the issue was in the end. Yeah, oh, it's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting indeed. So the next story, uh, last story in the commercial news for this week, and uh, there's uh, a rather interesting video with this as well. And this was actually a news story that, uh, that came online today. And this comes from dailymail.co.uk. And United Airline Passenger is arrested for opening exit door and walking onto the wing. Something we'd all love to do, I think. <laughs> so a man was arrested at Chicago O'Hare's airport after opening the emergency door and climbing out onto the wing as his plane taxied to the gate. Passengers aboard a United Airlines flight 2478 from San Diego were stunned when the man, who was not being identified, ripped open the emergency door in row 21 at around 4.30 a.m. on Thursday, as yesterday. He then walked down the wing before sliding off onto the airfield where the ground's airport crew had to stop him and call law enforcement. Mary Ellen Elston, who appeared to be sitting a few rows back from the man, posted a picture on Twitter of the door opening and writing, the guy jumps out of my plane before we even get to the gate. He's since been taken into custody with the police and charges are pending, according to WGN9. They said the ground crew stopped the individual outside the aircraft and the person is now with the law enforcement agencies, the United Airlines said in a statement. It's unknown if he was under any type of influence. Mm, blimey. Uh, an air traffic control recording obtained by NBC Chicago reported someone saying, we had to stop short of gate Bravo 3. Someone pulled the rear right overwing exit and someone in seat 21 Bravo has exited the aircraft and is on the ramp. The aircraft was delayed around 20 minutes on the tarmac before being uh, allowed to continue down the runway and safely deplane all the other passengers at the gate. Oh, well, dear. I mean, I know if you want to get off the aircraft quick, I mean, I know, Matt, you know, you probably want to get off fairly I literally can't wait to get off. At yeah, the absolutely. end of a flight. But I think even you, Matt, would probably not go as far as to go to the overwing exit, pop it open and walk out onto the wing. And I mean, I'd certainly be clean, keen to get out of the door, but um, that would absolutely not be... Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, this is, a, this is a very distressing story. I mean, row 21? <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he wanted to get out. Yeah, you didn't wow. realise they went up that high, did you, Nev? No. <laughs> And let's not let's not forget as well, guys, that the drop from the oh, wing of I mean, I don't, it doesn't say what aircraft this was, but I don't think it really matters. It'll be even, high enough either. Even if yeah. it was a even if it was a seven three or an A three twenty or something like that, mm. the drop from a wing onto onto the concrete below is not a short drop. Oh, dear, no, you can do a lot of damage no. uh, there. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Oh. Honestly. So that uh, is where we bring the commercial news segment to a close. And uh, we've still got, to, obviously, we've still got to do our captionist competition for this we week. We have, yes. We must rattle through, I'm afraid, because we and, are sort uh, of rapidly. Here we go. We're going to, uh, Matt's got our captionist uh, competition, uh, a captionist just for fun for this week. The picture, uh, Matt, will pop up on the screen. Now, to, uh, Nev, quick uh, brief to our audio listeners as to what this uh uh, particular picture is uh, it? yes it looks like uh, either an a319 or an a320 of pt uk airlines that, that well-known <laughs> <Hello>. excellent operator <laughs> uh, 
um, with a lot of luggage actually strapped to the top of the fuse. I, I mean, you, you you say excellent operator. I mean, this does concern me a little bit. I have to say, not not to mention the damage that's been done to the under fuselage by the cables. Well, yeah, uh, and, uh, and some aerodynamic uh, disadvantages. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll call them aerodynamic challenges, shall yes. we? Let's go with yeah. that. Oh dear, the comments are coming in the chat room. But first, yeah. we'll read yeah. the ones that were put on our Facebook page. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll kick off with uh, Neil. Uh, Draper's saying, PTUK to star in new comedy film called Carry On Baggage. Right, okay. I mean, that's a little bit worrying. Uh, (laughs) uh, Stuart Thomas says, Dad, can you pass me down uh, my sweets and iPad, please? (laughs) Uh, John Luke uh, says, PTUK launched their own package airline with major summer deals to save handling fees passengers are encouraged to use the airline's roof rack deal <laughs> i like that yeah, yeah. uh chris Ekill says look guys we've got our best engineers on this we've got to figure out how to carry more cargo we're losing money every day quite ben jones says recording gear in the hold suitcases full of clothes on the roof rack here we go That'd be <laughs> and alan white in true cliff richards oh here says, we go we're all going on a summer holiday Oh, I see what you did there, yeah. Uh, Jake Castle says, PTUK Airlines have come up with a new baggage handling system after passengers that aren't allowed off the aircraft without buying a PTUK mug and T-shirt. Good point, good point, well made. And Stuart Thomas says, if you're short of overhead cabin storage, please leave your bags by the door and cabin crew will store it for you for free on the roof rack. Uh, So we have got... uh, a few comments in the chat room. Uh, <laughs> Which ones can we read, though? Dirk Guess. Dirk Guess is saying, uh, I, love, I love this one from Dirk Guess. Dirk Guess says, That's Carlos bringing home more L1011 parts. Quite right. Quite right, too. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what else have we got, uh, Nev? Uh, let's have a look. Um, Family friendly, obviously. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was going to say. <laughs> That's uh, the challenge, is it, at the oh, moment? Here's one from uh, Richard Adams. I like this says, one. Uh, Can't be Nev's bags. The ropes aren't straight. Uh, good point. Well made. This point, yes, it's very untidy, isn't it? That won't yeah. do at all. <laughs> uh, David M says, Ryanair introduce a new maybe get their luggage price option <laughs> i'm fascinated by his profile picture uh, it look is it an essential waitrose like um fairy liquid bottle, or something? Up liquid bottle. yeah i like that <laughs> oh dear uh, never bill mind. Uh, bill in ottawa uh, says uh, not sure that's what they meant by overhead storage yes no i can see what they mean by that yes <laughs> very good i i must i must, have, I must admit it it, it I'd love to see the, this aircraft go into um, go into flight with this particular um, option of yes. storage. I mean, I, a- as Nev mentioned, you know, at the top of the show, however, though, uh, or the top of this piece, I mean, there are some, you know, aerodynamic challenges through adding a, a, a you know, a, <laughs> a roof rack to the aircraft. Yes, I don't think it'll work. I'll be honest with you. I know. <laughs> so don't forget, if you want to contribute to our Caption This Just For Fun segment on the show, uh, take yourselves over to our Facebook page and uh, look for us there, Plane Talking UK. You'll find us on there. And every Wednesday, we put a picture on Facebook for you to comment on with your wittiest, funniest comments. If Carlos there. remembers. If I remember. <laughs> which I normally do. I tend to try. So, Nev... For all our listeners, uh, in case they didn't know 
where can they find us on social media oh yes on the socials it's facebook twitter or instagram just search for plain talking uk our whatsapp number if you would like to contact us or send us photos that kind of thing plus 44 757 double two four nine one six six that's plus 44 757 two two four nine one which, six which has been down unfortunately this evening by the way so apologies if you have been sending messages in today um i'm having trouble accessing it for reasons best only known to our service provider ah uh, yes <laughs> bless them uh, however you can email us at podcast at plaintalkinguk.com and the website is www.plaintalkinguk.com you can subscribe to our youtube channel as well you'll get notifications when we go live and uh you can just go to youtube.com for that and search for plain talking uk uh, as mentioned earlier you can do your um, shopping from our amazon link uh, we get a, we get paid a small referral fee if you do it that way and you can become a patreon as well and donate by that method and the patreon link is on our website also so once again thanks very much indeed to all our patreon and paypal donators Yes, indeed. And uh, that is where we are going to wrap up episode 310 of the show for this week. Going to say a big, massive thank you to our guests on the show tonight uh, from doors to manual.org. Make sure you check out the website. And don't forget as well, we have got a special Plain Talking UK discount code, which is Plain Talking 15 if you uh, plug that in on their voucher code on the website that is plain talking 15 uh, get yourself 15 percent discount on the shop on the doors to manual website all the information will be on the show notes for the website as well uh, with the links to click on as well for them so big thanks to those guys for joining us on the show tonight for a great chat at the start of the show uh, and a big thanks as well to nev and matt as well for uh, joining me this evening on the show as always great to see you guys uh, on the show and hopefully Armando will be back uh, with us next week I won't be here next week because I will be stuck in Birmingham uh, at oh. an exhibition centre oh. next Friday so I will, probably, I will probably be tuning in from the A14 on the way home or oh. something like that when I've finished oh. so I, sh- I shan't be here next week but I'm sure the guys will bring you an excellent show as they always do each week so that's it then for 310 well, or 410, I should 310? say. 310? Episode 410 of the show. I know it's this wine. What, what, don't uh, Gemma don't make me do the 400th Arab all over again, please. I know. <laughs> That's it then. So from me, Carlos here in the home studio, from Matt over in the PTUK Master Suite Studios, and from Nev in his glorious home studio in the in the sprawling Buckinghamshire uh, countryside. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. And they will see you all next Friday. Bye-bye. See you. Take bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye.